This is the Reading Aloud Podcast. I'm Marisol Collette. And I'm Adam Collette. And you love us because we love you. We sure do. And let's get to today's conversation. (laughs) We're going to talk about humor in relationships. And we were cracking up last night. What's the framework of this conversation? Well, uh, you know, it came to me because I really, I mean, we were cracking up and it was so, it was so deep. Like, you know, that term inside baseball where it's basically like you're using language or you're using terms or language that only a certain section of people get. Like we use that a lot in my work. We're Mm -hmm. like, that's too inside baseball. Like the general public's not going to get that. Mm -hmm. But it was so inside baseball that you literally get to like you go back to like your neanderthal <laughs> self to where you're literally just making sounds and it's it's like the layers of reference are so deep that like i'm like i'm like beaky beaky poo and you're like ha 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 ha, 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 ha. you know and i'm like what did i say i'm like this is getting too like this is way over the top here <laughs> yeah i can't remember what you said but you were like this is getting way out of hand or something like that and i just died i was like i i had said to you i was like sometimes you don't even know that you're in it you're in so deep and I love inside jokes because it is a bubble of this thing that is between two people who have enough time or intimacy or knowledge of the other person that they get to hold this thing that is just theirs it's the best right and and then you build upon that right like the inside joke then has layers and then there's the whole like but it gets so weird it gets so weird because you're just like and only you, you two could understand. never explain it. No, Gosh, and it doesn't and in fact, make any it, sense. It would yeah. take all the excitement out of it if you tried to explain it. Yeah. Somebody was like, what? "What?" Yeah. So anyway, that is what we. That's the framework. But yeah. also, then there's humor that goes falls really flat. Then there's dad humor, which is your favorite, which is womp womp. And the only thing that makes it funny is that you're like, oh, it's like so bad it's good yeah you're coming to defense of inside of dad jokes well i think that you know dad jokes in general are so popularized out in i mean dad jokes is that that now is an umbrella term for any sort of like pun or kind of quirky comeback I would or say something dorky comeback dorky comeback to some i think of dad jokes as kind of like Puns and associative humor, like I'm going to associate this thing with another thing. It's also thing nice and PC. It's very PC. Family friendly. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. And dad dad humor is like keeping things light. It's like because, you know, I mean, where did dad humor come from? It's because we literally are not in touch with our emotions and can't talk about them. And so <sighs> therefore we just use humor to cover it up. What a great, I I just thought about the ultimate dad joker, one of my uncles, and he is the definition of all he says is dad jokes. He doesn't even speak English. Right. Oh, ever. 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 I mean, he's like, you know, ESL because literally his first language is dad jokes. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) So the thing that I think about with dad jokes also is low hanging fruit, but there it's also a skill because I could never dad joke. It's a skill. It's like, you know, a good pun is a skill too like people who are really good at puns are skilled yeah Yeah, but then there's humor that doesn't work it's not funny it lands bad and it lands at the wrong time right well well we let's let's just be clear we can struggle with this sometimes i think about this in a relationship 
here, let me let me try to set this up because when you're in a relationship, you're you're interacting with somebody in so many different emotional states. Like, you know, because you are you live with that person, you spend I think most people in relationships spend the majority of time with that person. So you're interacting with them when you're stressed out from work, when you're, you know, this and when you're when you're tired, when you're whatever, feeling goofy, all these different kind of states of being you're interacting with that person. Now, as opposed to other relationships with you have where you have where friends or acquaintances that you have, you may only be interacting with them in a certain mood, like typically, oh, we're going out and we're seeing these people. So you're more ready to embrace humor. Sarcasm is an interesting one, right? Like you love sarcastic humor and which pause. Yeah. Don't forget that thought, but I've heard is really bad. It's it's like a weird form of aggression, which I get it cuz sarcasm is like that. It's like, you know, you make the other thing dumb, but I've heard it's like it's a character defect almost like it's not <laughs> it's not nice or something about it. Do do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know specifically what you're talking like. I haven't seen that, but I get it. I think my thing with sarcasm is it's contextual. Like if, if you are just being sarcastic humor to somebody, I think that wears on a person eventually. Like it's hard. Like every now and then it's funny. But if it's every day, can you it wears. do me a favor? I'm not saying that you do it every day, too, by the way. I'm just saying well, in general. This is what I want. Will you do me a favor and yeah. point out every time I'm sarcastic? Because then there's hyperbole, which is kind of sarcasm, too. Explain the difference to me. Hyperbole is if I said, so that's the 900th time we've done this today. Got it. Got it. Got it. <clears throat> and. One time I used a hyperbole with a client who's uh, an attorney and he was like, he was like, okay, well, let's not use hyperbole. I mean, he was kind of like shut it down. And I was, I was like, oh, interesting. That didn't land well for him. And he's a very uh, logical person too. So it just didn't make sense. It seemed maybe stupid to him that I would say that. I identify with that in a little way. Like I have learned to just embrace you know, your hyperbole, it's, you know, sometimes it takes me a little longer to respond because my brain has to compute the hyperbole and get out of the logical side of it. Yeah, you're too literal. I'm too literal. Yeah. Or you are literal too is, you know, a judgment, but you are literal, more literal than I'm the most literal person in the world. Nope. That's hyperbole. Oh, Oh, but see, I wouldn't expect that from you. Okay. So will you do me a favor? Can you please take a note, calm your brain, Get out of podcast land for a second and tell, listen to me. Will you please point out every time I'm sarcastic from this point on forever? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will do my best. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I want to kind of get like I, what I really want is some data around maybe just a 24 hour period of how often so I'm is sarcastic. Your goal not, is your goal not to be sarcastic anymore? I am anymore? curious how often I'm sarcastic and then I will, because I don't notice it. So then I will start noticing it. And then the next layer of data collection is to reflect on it and see if there, if there was like a, another emotion that I was having underneath that, that I was unwilling to express because I went for sarcasm instead. So I have a question. Yes. Is this a, so I'm, 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 and this is honest because I really am trying to figure out what is sarcastic, like really get a strong yeah, understanding. Like either. if I'm going to point it out, I'm going to know, know exactly. So here's an example. Look it up in the dictionary. Is this, is that sarcasm? I think this is, because <laughs> that was aggressive. I did. Also, is that sarcasm? You, your sarcasm is also often pretty quick and it, you'll say it <laughs> when I'm in the middle of a thought and I like, 
cannot compute. Like my processor does not move that quickly. This is a sticking point. We've actually talked about this before. So let's not go into it. But I'm the funniest person I know. (laughs) Next, Cheryl Geiger. Yeah. But I had a best friend in high school and college. His name was Alex. And he would joke with me. And we always had a great time, obviously, because we were good friends. And and then there would be times because we spent a lot of time together and there would be times when I'd be in a bad mood, like to, to your point around spending time with somebody in lots of different moods. And I would just say to him, no jokes or games. And then it became a great inside joke that anytime I was a little off, I would just look at him and he'd be like, no jokes or games, no jokes. And he would, t- you know, reel it back. And I, what I appreciate about that is that it was a funny way of addressing something that could have been tender, meaning like if I had shut him down and been like, don't talk to me like that. I'm not in the mood. He could have gotten offended or defensive or whatever, but he was just like, no jokes or games. And then we'd laugh and it would, we'd move on. Totally. Totally. And I think we should get to that in this podcast of like how we and maybe others can use humor to deepen a relationship. But wait, let me ask my thing. So it's related to sarcasm before we get too far down another, you know, track. So this is like a combination that you do to me often. And I think it's a combination between like sarcastic humor and hyperbole. So I'll have, I'll be eating something and you'll be like. All over your face. Yeah. You'll be like, you have chocolate literally covering your entire (laughs) body. Like I'm like. That's hyperbole. That's hyperbole because I will have like a speck on my lip. And you'll be like, you're coming straight out of a Willy Wonka movie. You would not have a speck. You'd have like a whole half a chocolate bar. No. See, yes. Half a chocolate. Do you know how big half a chocolate Do you know how bar big is? these chunks are that somehow just live on your fingers and your face and you don't even notice? Yeah. Okay. But this is where logic brain, again, that you're still using hyperbole. Can I Half look, a chocolate bar? Do you bar? have your phone? All right. Sarcasm. The use of irony to mock or convey contempt. His voice, hardened by sarcasm, could not hide his resentment. Hmm. What is irony? Um, it's like, uh, I just think of Alanis Morissette. But it, I know, but explain it then. How one thing happens and another thing happens. And Isn't it, it ironic? That you that you needed a... Right, you it's needed like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife? <laughs> yes. <laughs> got it. That's ironic. Like how... Yeah, like a, a coincidence that's just ridiculously, like perfectly mismatched. To mock or convey contempt. Okay, so that's why it's bad. Because not only is it mockery, it's all negative. Irony, mockery, contempt. Well, give me an example of sarcastic humor. You like make fun of me and, and you mock me. I love it. And well, then there's mockery that well, you don't like. Well, there's mockery like, like yeah. during an argument. When you're which... like repeating what somebody does and you're embellishing it or even you don't like it when I repeat it at all. Even if I do it exactly the way you did it, like as if I was a video recording because you don't like to look it in the face. And moving on. Is that sarcastic? It's pretty factual if you <laughs> ask me. <laughs> I don't know. But here's the thing is sarcasm has got to be my favorite form of humor used toward me unless it hits a deeply tender button. And then it's just a mess up. You know, it's a mistake. But I love I mean, I I feel like me and my bestie of all time are super sarcastic with each other. And it is mocking because she makes fun. It's a, such a great way for for somebody to expose something about you that's a little off that then you get to laugh at yourself. I agree that that's totally possible. But like, I think that you have to read the room before, like, you also have to know 
not only your audience, but like what are they in a place like I don't know. Is there is are, are they set up to receive that? Okay, so you know? in a room, you know that my humor goes over a lot of people's heads. It's too inside baseball. It's not that funny to most people. It might be too sarcastic. The hyperboles confuse people. That's why I'm I the love when your hyperboles confuse people. Like you used to say that like about trouser i mean this is just the perfect example we'd be walking and somebody would be like oh what kind of dog is that and you'd be like it's a purebred dachshund and they would just like their faces would go blank and they would kind of turn to side and like one in every 20 people would just crack up and laugh because they knew that you were being that's sarcastic right i don't know it's not sarcastic i'm so not mocking her or, right right yeah. you're not mocking so it's the hyperbole anyway yeah that would be a good example of it just going over people's head and it was funny to you but like <laughs> Most people just didn't get it, and the, or it took them a second. Why didn't they get it? Again, it's inside baseball. Like, what if you like had a you, chihuahua? You walk into a meeting, and they they say something to you, and they're like, they're like, "Have you filed the CRT reports?" You know, and you're like, "I have no idea what that is." Like I, you know, and so like. But what if gonna... it was a chihuahua, and somebody said, "What is it?" And I said, "It's a." labradoodle that here's the deal with that is it's that's sarcastic because then you're sort of saying to the other person like they might interpret it as like like maybe you wanted a labradoodle and you got a chihuahua and then it's funny to you because you're like i've just made this dog into my labradoodle and i decided it was a labradoodle they would probably see it as like oh should i have known that it was a are they like if you know, like right, that I'm right. calling them stupid. Like, right. it's a great day. So, dumb, so you're dumb. saying the different, the, the, that would what's been difficult sarcastic. about your hyperbole sometime is that it's, no, that would have been sarcastic. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It's, it's what I'm saying. So with the trouser example, like the, the difference about your hyperbole is that it's combined a little bit with inside jokes. And so therefore it's just close enough that it's confusing. One you're in, right. One if you had a five. chihuahua and they'd be like, what kind of dog is that? And you were like, it's a Great Dane. People would immediately know. I love when you talk over me. I love when you talk over me. Okay. That's the first time in our entire relationship that you have appreciated me making fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, was and that sarcastic? In... I love when you talk over me. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh. one, one tick mark there. You but were sarcastic. I feel, like, I feel like I'm primed for it and I'm doing it right now. But yeah, good. Please. I was primed to receive it. That's the context thing. But you asked to name every okay. time you were. I still have a point I want to make, which make is... Make the point. Two points. The one is one in five laughed. That's all I have to say about the trouser thing. One in five laughed. Two. <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny somewhere. Yeah. And then two is that... What back to my point of like in a room, I, I often am over people's heads and not that funny and to them. And you're saying read the room. I have done a poor job of that. I tr the only way I know how to fix that is to just do less of me because I don't think I can get the, I don't think I can do what you're asking, which is read the room. So I just act less like me. I close off those parts of me because I don't want to take the risk of upsetting people, whatever. I have resisted that a lot in my life. I don't like acting less like me. Right. It just doesn't feel good. But I also understand that being me is sometimes can be hurtful or upsetting to people. So that I want to temper. The other thing I'll say is that what I can't do is read your room. I don't want to read your room because I live with you and I am in full non-acceptance of the fact that you don't like sarcasm and it often hurts your feelings. 
almost always till today. Of course, we get this beautiful example of you just like rolling with the punches in front of everybody. I think it happens more than... No. Well, here's... I tell you have chocolate all over your face and you're like... We agreed that that's not... No, but you're like, but whatever, but it's the jokes on you and you're like, you're like, like, I don't know what it triggers in you. And this is full, you know, honesty on reading aloud podcast here because it feels like it feels like it happens so often that it, you know, it's not a, mm. like if every time I have chocolate on my face, you're like, you have chocolate all over your face. It's like, that would be funny if mm. every 10 times I have chocolate on my face and the other nine, you were like, hey, wipe that off. Just easy, you know? <laughs> but like, no, it has to be like, it has to be made a point. And so after a while, after a while, yeah. you know, it gets. It's that I I hear you. It actually is a veiled criticism because it is both funny to me and also appalling and i have the i have the thought of like there's a irritation behind it of like why can't you just like why how do you not see this and then especially when it's on your hands because then you put it all over shit pillows pants my shirt which is not nobody touches mama's shirts uh, the the microwave, the refrigerator, like I just wish you were more like less messy. So it is a veiled criticism. You're right, and I'm making fun of you in the process. Double whammy. Make and it. I will say from my like standpoint, if if <laughs> I'm I, I'm just imagining like chocolate on your eyes and nose. If, if, How did it even if get I there? If I receive it like a criticism, you only focus on the humor. You're like I was just being funny. Oh, hello. Hold on. Pausa. <laughs> Which is also Pausa. an inside joke. Pausa. Pausa. I just admitted I know. both that I was veiled. Criti- like I had that awareness because we're talking about it, that it was a veiled criticism and that I am operating from a place of irritation and that it's not actually that funny. And you're like, and then when I get upset, you just focus on the fact that it's so funny. And I'm like, nah, dude, I just told I'm sorry. you. I hear you. I'm, I'm sorry for doubling down there. I think it feels good to hear that acknowledge. And I'm sorry for doubling down. I think it's in a lot of ways when, when you feel like your point has been realized I think there's an urge and this is hard and I think we both do this. There's an urge to like really clarify where you were coming from as a way like when somebody acknowledges that. Well, that didn't feel to me like clarification. That felt like you somehow didn't hear what I said. And then you went into saying it a different way. No, I totally hear what you said. I mean, and and the reason I said that was because I heard what you said and I was like, you know, adding like and that's, you know, but and you acknowledge that, but this is what happened. Do you think I this is going to go down as the funniest episode we've got? <laughs> not. But I think it's a good, okay. So what I think we're getting at here is we're getting at like the, the intricacies of humor in a relationship. Like it's, it's so much more than just like, Oh, they make me laugh for they're really funny. Like it is that, but also people have different humor styles and your humor style and my humor style sometimes conflict. And we also have to like navigate that. Okay. Like, here humor I have is something you have to navigate in a relationship. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, babe, I'm putting you on the spot. Top two things that are different about us. That's a damn shame. <laughs> <laughs> You're tall. I'm sure. Is that a damn shame? No, it's that I, that it's funny enough. I thought that immediately in my head and I was like, but that's not a damn shame. Well, is it a damn shame? No, why would it be a damn shame? Well, I appreciate you saying that that way, but my neck hurts when I hug you. 
Oh, okay. Or have to kiss you. It's probably have to kiss you. <laughs> when, I, when I have to, it's clearly more of a burden for you to be shorter. You know. Oh, than, but I mean, yeah. but I've always wondered if you. I'm, I mean, same I, size it's, friends. It's a damn shame for me because I'm the one that always has to get up to get the you know the thing the, the things down from up high. Well, and, you can ask me to get the pots and stuff down from low. You don't have to bend down. And and then, and when we're in circles of people, I'm like inevitably the shortest by a long shot because I don't know why you ended up with all same size friends, girls and boys. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen. There's no variation on a theme. And then I'm down at the bottom, can't even hear anybody. But when you're with same size friends, especially your men friends, and it's something to do with same size friends. There is something about the fact that you are same size. The way that y'all move together, it's like you found the equivalent movers. Uh-huh. Y- y'all like dance together. Uh-huh. And I know it's because you're close, but like something happens when you're with same size friends. Yeah. Okay. So not the tall, short thing. Let's see. I don't know if this is top two because that's a lot of pressure, but one of them would definitely be that comes to my mind is what we're talking about is the fact that we have different like I don't I don't identify with your humor and I think that that's a damn shame and it's come up multiple times because I think that I think you've had relationships in the past where uh, you know a strong pillar of the relationship was based off of you getting each other's humor and laughing and joking and I I think you have many of your close friendships which that is a pillar of the relationship is them getting your humor and it's it's a damn shame that your husband the one person that you chose to spend the most time with doesn't always get your humor and that's a hard pill to swallow which brings up the point do you think it's foundational to a relationship that there be because you know a lot of people will say very basically and it's funny because it means something different for everybody but a lot of people will say say the same thing what do you want in a partner i want somebody who's loving generous caring and funny people say it all, all the, the time. time and i don't think that many people are that funny i find a lot of people to be serious and i have my group of friends that are funny And some of them I can also have deep conversations with, not all. And then I have groups of friends who are very serious. As a person in the therapy world, they're just, they don't share my sense of humor. And I I really long for that. So the funny ones, whether I can go deep or not, are are just so nourishing they're just they're so in opposition to the rest of the world you know even if we're laughing about travesty in the world it is still so rewarding for me because I am a therapist and we and the world is difficult at times and lots of things and it's easy to focus on that so funny is so important you know I would amend that a little bit and say like we still laugh and make each other laugh. I a meant lot. to say that. Yeah. I meant to say that. Yeah. It is true. It is true. And I think we'd both agree with that. I think there's just a certain there's a certain type or aspect of your humor. And that's why I bring up like I just think it's different. And and I would even disagree a little bit. I think I do get your humor. It just doesn't always land for me. Well, and that's why I brought up at the beginning, like... You always tell me you're laughing inside, which is just the worst. Well, it just... (laughs) LOL, babe. LOL. LOL. I just sometimes process it differently and slower. And when you're with your friends where humor is a pillar, and maybe I'm wrong in this, like you guys are just in that space and 
we're not always in that space. What as a puts us that's... in that space? And to answer my question, I want you to answer my question is, it's like, is it foundational to a healthy relationship? Because we just named it as a damn shame, right? So that right. means it's impactful. And just to be clear to the, to the world at large, like we have so much fun. We laugh on the podcast all the time. We're laughing. It, we laugh. We just... The reason we came up with this podcast was because we were literally belly laughing. Yeah, we were cracking up. So do you think it's foundational to a relationship, including like, is this a part of our relationship that stagnates us from having an even better relationship? Yeah, I'm, I want to say, yes, number one, humor is foundational to a healthy relationship, period. And I think we have humor and we laugh in our relationship. That being said, I also think aspect of your humor and our disconnect around that is something that holds us back in our relationship. I think it also speaks to a difficulty that we've had in our relationship because of a difference in personality type that we are continually navigating and learning from each other. But I think it shows up in that humor probably more pronounced than other ways. Wow, you are smart. And that's not sarcastic. Right. Yeah. That's yeah re- thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's really keen. Um, I think that ways that it would, I think it would, I think the issue is that it, what I would like is for it to be used to create lightness. So especially around healthy ways of making fun of each other so that we can illuminate parts of our personality that are maybe a little on the wonky side in a way that is not that serious. So it's not like, hey, I want to bring something up from three days ago that I've been sitting with and I want to talk to you about. And it's like, oof, heavy. Or the way that I have used it as a veiled criticism. I don't think that's very helpful. I just think it's, if we can figure out how to make it lighter, it would illuminate things that are difficult and just be fun. You know, I'm always big on like both parties can have a role to play in achieving whatever we're trying to achieve within the relationship. It's never completely all one-sided. You could tell this as a joke and I'd probably enjoy it more. (laughs) And it's pretty clear on our upbringings. I've seen your family interact and you all very much make fun of each other and poke fun of each other you know, pretty consistently. And everybody enjoys it and everybody laughs. Not one of us. So, not me? <laughs> no, not you. Uh, I, I mean, In my family. Works. Yeah. So, but but that that happens. And, you know, and particularly between you and your dad, I would say, like, that's yeah. that's very a strong thing. Whereas I grew up in a very opposite end, right? And speaking, like, my relationship with my dad, like, there isn't, and at times when we have like poke fun it's like it's very context it's very within like the the safe space that's created is like checked rechecked like given a once over by secret service like it is that's very awesome. like that's we, sarcasm that's sarcasm yeah um you know it's very safe before we like poke fun at the other person so like our upbringings have kind of created this so i say all that because in trying to address this in our relationship my path to this is is feels like it's very clear for me. Like I need to take a chill pill, lighten up a little bit, not not get so hurt about things, not take things personally, not get so defensive, like all of that. I'm not as clear on your path and maybe there isn't one. Maybe you just need to continue on. But like, no. I don't know, what would you say your path is on this? First of all, I wanted to come back to the secret service thing. The reason that's sarcasm is because you're essentially, it's a criticism to the fact that y'all can't just 
flow with it that you have to have all these conditions but it's a right. fun and if i said that around my dad he would totally get butt hurt right but i think it's a fun cute way of saying that it's challenging for you all to build the conditions for it so that's why sarcasm it's is sarcasm good. with the heavy heavy layer of dad jokes slathered onto it sort of no it's just sarcasm and it's funny yeah, but the dad joke is like the Secret Service and the fact that you know that a Secret Service sweeps a room before the president no, that's, shows up. That, that, I no, I know all that. Okay. I mean, I don't, that, you know, I know Sir Secret Service does things. Yeah. No, no, I would have said the same thing. But I just think that that's such a good example of sarcasm used in a way that just like creates lightness. So, uh, you know, I don't think, and maybe if your dad didn't receive that well, then that's why sarcasm is still not the right form of joking. For me, it helps. So the, my path is I can't just use sarcasm so flippantly and all the time and that I don't recognize when it's a veiled criticism and that I'm a little, there's too much mean behind it because this whole thing about sarcasm is it's just not nice enough. It's just cutting, cutting. And so I would say that it would be to make sure I'm not being too cutting. The other thing is that my contribution is a little bit different in that when you don't get it right away, that becomes my butthurt you know then that's my problem and I'm like you don't know me you don't understand me this isn't funny we don't have humor you know all these things come up like why didn't you get it because attunement in a relationship which is what my girlfriends and I have it's just like back forth back forth we just get each other and you're just you know that's mostly with women friendships and you're you're there's so much else in our relationship that doesn't lend itself to like you getting me at that level. And so I've had to just understand that I can get more of my funny needs met in different relationships. And, you know, that's, that's important for me to know whether it's what I want or not. So that's how I think I can work with it is especially when you talk about being a slow processor, but you can't laugh inside, babe. You just can't have, I was laughing inside. You can't. Yeah. Because you're lying. <laughs> you're telling me that no, because you I, didn't. I, no, I will say oftentimes I hear the joke and my mind goes to trying to create. This is where I am such like my dad. Like my mind goes to trying to cr create a good comeback or a good response that is also funny. But because I'm trying to do that in my head, I go quiet because I'm thinking about it and I'm like processing it. And then that's not laughing. It's also a little bit egotistical because it's like I can make this funny or something like that on my part. Ooh, I know because I yeah. made it funny already. <laughs> <laughs> Your man, what is that called? Manspla jokes? Mansplaining man jokes? Yeah. Man's yeah, manspla jokes. Manspla jokes is definitely <laughs> the best. <laughs> oh, and isn't that so true? Like anytime, I mean. If you tell a joke or make a joke to an older man... Oh, they one-up you quick. Oh, they one-up you so quick. Nobody is faster on the draw than an old man one-upping you on a joke. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be funny. You know, they're like... And they're somehow making your joke unfunny in the process. Oh, they're like, totally. It, they're like... That is so true. I never thought about that. Old men will one-up you on a joke so quick. Mm-hmm. I had never thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. Not funny. But, wait, you're gonna do an open Mansplit mic joke sing. You're gonna do an open mic comedy. Add that to the, add that to the add list. That to the list. That that's a, that's one of my culture things. Yep. Okay. Yep. Good. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
right. Later, well, Gator. Uh, when, when, goodbye. Wouldn't want to be a. What's the joke? See you what? later. Wouldn't want to be a. What? You're, you're like on. six years old there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Well, well, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? See you later. Wouldn't want to be a. Later, Gator. See you later, alligator. Yeah, but what's the In one? In a while, crocodile. What's the, wouldn't want to be a. Um, what, dad joke is, see you later, alligator, and the other person goes after a while, crocodile. The see you no, later that's like wouldn't want elementary. Wanna, I know, but that's the dad joke version. Mine, mm-hmm. the wouldn't want to be a. I mean, um, people are cringing. They're like, it's blah blah blah. Yeah, this is like the you know, it's the multiple choice question for a million dollars. It's like, uh, <laughs> wouldn't want to be a. Um, Oh, what is it? See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. But it's so, not. Is it it's not, not just see ya wouldn't want to be ya? Oh, no. Because you have to see ya later. You know, you see yeah. ya what? Because g- it's g- like. G- goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's okay. that. All right. Well, love you, babe. G- 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 goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.